0: jumped right into the holiday season with um, a consideration of Christmas past, right? Uh, taking, you know, borrowing from Charles Dickens, um, Christmas past, present, and future. And future will be wonderful, too, because it'll work right into where we're at in our normal study of the Gospel of Luke, um, so be prepared for that. But at Christmas, the coming of the Messiah was something anticipated long before it happened. Anticipated uh, in God's mind before anything was even created. before the foundation of the world, Jesus was determined to come and die for our sins on the cross, to come as a baby so he could do that. and And there was much anticipation. Now, for me, uh, Christmas, like many. American children. <laughs> the anticipation was the gifts, right? Uh, and as a a young child, uh, I was kind of a brat. Uh, my mom would not agree because she loves me, but, um, <laughs> but uh, I was kind of a brat. And my Christmas tradition was to either spy out the closet. This is like true confession. The closet where... Mom, all the Christmas presents. I think she actually started hiding it in my own closet, which was kind of interesting. Um, But I would either spy them out before the day, or I would very scientifically shake and measure. Not, Not just shake, but measure every present that I was given. And one Christmas, I was exceptionally bratty because I would pick up each present and say... G.I. Joe motorcycle. And everybody go, what? And I'd open it up and like, G.I. Joe motorcycle. Thank you. And next present, G.I. Joe tank. And I was like, we're not going to give you anything, kid. <laughs> and and yet there was much anticipation still for that point of unwrapping them. Uh, my mom, on the other side of things, uh, she would fight with the rule. Um and she probably didn't realize it. It was just tradition for her, I think. But her rule was, no presents should be opened until after lunch. Lunch. <laughs> and we would eat lunch. Everybody would eat lunch. Are we ready now? No, I'm still eating. I'm still digesting. <laughs> and she would just draw it out, right? Until the afternoon, you know, is when we could open presents at our house. And, um, and so the anticipation was, you know, she, she did a good job of keeping me at bay a little bit. Um, the anticipation was amazing. And, and so with a view of Christmas past, I don't think we did it justice last week. Um, this is what the world had been waiting for since the very beginning of time. Since Adam and Eve uh, just jumped right into sin and temptation since the world was turned over to sin and death, um, God had promised that a Savior, a Messiah, would come. And we saw last week in verse 1, chapter 2, verse 1, it came to pass in the New King James. Now, that is to say it happened. But that's a big came to pass. The anticipation of the world finally Came to pass that God was sending His Savior into the world, the Messiah. Now let's read verses one through sixteen, and you know you can uh, you know sit back and, and listen. You can read with us uh, whatever you like, but this is the Christmas account here. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph went up uh, from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was when they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. (laughs) Yeah, right. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. So here, um, the Christmas account, right? And we see without a whole lot of, you know, uh, celebration to begin with, Mary gives birth to her son, Jesus. And all at once, everything comes down to that moment, that which was promised. Now, we see it was at that same time, there are shepherds living out in the fields, the shepherds, right? In our nativity set, perhaps. (laughs) The shepherds, are there, and and they're greeted by an angel. Um, Now, I don't know what it is about angels, but they pick the worst time (laughs) to come. I think it's a game for them, honestly. I mean, what else do angels do, right? You know, it's the middle of the night. The shepherds are out in the fields doing what they did every single day. You know, we think that they were kind of sent there as it's Christmas. Get out in the field, man, you know. And, And no, they were there all the time in the fields, in the dark, right? And all at once, behold, an angel of the Lord is standing in front of them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, you know. So here's these poor shepherds, poor guys, just out in the dark field, How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing okay. You know, I heard the story the other day. And this angel, you just kind of think he's like peeking through the curtain. He's like, and he tells him, Hey, hey, don't be afraid. Yeah, right. Come on, man. What are you thinking? You know, you wanted to scare those guys. And and there they are. They give the the angel greeting. don't be afraid okay <laughs> you know and uh, after he picked them up at the ground uh, he tells them there is a message good tidings of great joy good tidings there it's really it's the word good news the gospel right there the angels say i've got a good message for you it's great joy it's something that's going to bring the world amazing joy mega joy And the message, really, is in verse 11. And that's where we'll land here for the rest of our time. Verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus is born. First off, Let's notice in verse 11 who this is going to be that the angels are talking about. He's Christ. Uh, Christ the Lord, but he's Christ. And I take that first because it goes back to our time last week, right? It goes back to Genesis chapter three. Let's turn one more time back to Genesis chapter three. Christmas is, is an event that really covers the entire Bible. Uh, So Genesis chapter 3, we go back in time, and we understand that this is the one promised. In Genesis chapter 3, very quickly, after God creates a good world and and, and people to enjoy it, and God looks at it all and says it's good, um, they throw it away, being tempted by the devil. Sin enters the world. And that's the bad news of it all, isn't it? There's a lot of bad news in Genesis chapter 3. As Adam and Eve are confronted by God, he comes there in the cool of the day, and they hide themselves from him. And then God begins to, after all their excuses, God begins to, in verse 13, Dish out consequences to this fall into sin. Uh, he says to the serpent, because you've done this, you're cursed above more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you usually dust all the days of your life. You'll pull enmity between the woman, uh, between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So the first consequence here is to the devil. Um, Because of this, I am sending one who's gonna crush your head, who is going to undo everything that you did here in this garden. Uh, We talked about that last week. This is the promised Messiah. Um, now, Now here, then the Lord begins to, Um, to dish out, or God begins to dish out um, consequence uh, to the others. We'll see that in a second. but, But the Messiah is really where we want to go. That's why I paused for a second here. The Messiah, this is the one that God had promised. And to the shepherds, the angel says, he's Christ. Now think about that. These shepherds are getting the message of a lifetime, right? It's finally come down to this. The one who was promised in Genesis chapter three is coming. Now, secondly, we see not only is he the Messiah, Christ, the Lord, but he's a savior. The savior, the one and only savior. That is is a huge deal, because we all needed a Savior. We all needed to be saved from sin. Now, here back in Genesis chapter 3, we see in verse 16, to the woman, God said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In your pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband. And he shall rule over you. Consequence. And to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten the tree which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil, you shall eat of it. All the days of your life. Verse 18, both thorns and thistles shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat, of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground for out of it you were taken for dust you are and dust you will return so these curses are placed on the serpent on the woman on the man this is the consequence of sin sin enters the world now look at the account of what happened next verse 17 Adam said, um, no, I'm sorry, not verse 17. Verse 20, and Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Okay. Also, verse 21, for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. So after all this cursing goes around, after the consequence of sin, we see God do something pretty important in verse 21, he clothes Adam and Eve. Now, if you rewind, you remember when they sinned, they realized they were naked. They were embarrassed and they covered themselves or tried to cover themselves with fig leaves. Not a good idea, but they tried, right? They tried to cover their own sin. And here God says, let me fix that. I'll make you some clothes, out of skins, leather, right? First garments were leather, right? (laughs) Now, um, that's all great. But in order to make leather, something has to happen. It doesn't just come off the rack. Something had to die. An animal. Now, we're not told how this went down, but... I think God allowed them to see the whole process. As they had sinned, as they had a need, God brought an animal. Was it an ox? Was it a lamb? Probably a lamb, I'm guessing. And he killed it. A sacrifice, the first sacrifice to cover sin. Now, it would be one of many, to cover sin. Um, But here is the first sacrifice, I think, recorded in the Bible. It is to cover Adam and Eve. Um, And think about it for a second. Um, You know, innocence to things makes you kind of tender towards them. No one had ever seen this process before of things dying, of life being taken. And there, the sacrifice was probably bloody and gory. I'm sure there were sounds and sights and smells that were were unique to Adam and Eve. As God killed this animal to cover their sin, it was a huge reminder of the cost of sin. Now, sacrifices in the Old Testament could never take away sin. Only Jesus' sacrifice can take away sin. This sacrifice would only cover their sin. But it was a huge example of what sin costs. Now, the Bible teaches, well, we've all sinned. Romans 3.23, we've all sinned. The wages of sin, Romans 6.23, is death. And, you know, we just don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't get what sin is, right? We hear the word sin. We oh "Well, sin. It's like some just, you know, dark oozing kind of thing, you know, that everybody's sin. Yeah, I've got sin, you know. We all have sin. But sin, the wages are death. We all have sin. We've all sinned. All sin... Leads to death. We don't understand that, I don't think, because we can talk about it. Yeah, you know, I've sinned, I'm a sinner. But then we hear about sin on the news. We hear about sin commuted committed to against innocent children, and our, our stomach sort of begins to turn, right? Oh, that's awful. We hear about genocide and and Holocaust. And just for a second, we go, oh, that's just, I can't, I can't think about that. And then we think about lying and lusting and coveting what somebody else has. We think about bitterness in our hearts. We go, yeah, sin. Yeah, it's sin. It's the same sin. Every single one of us has sinned, and it's a bloody mess. It's a horrible, senseless thing when we selfishly sin, whether it's coveting what we don't have, or lusting for what we want, whether it's pornography or drunkenness, um, whether it's gossip or pride all of it is sin. It's horrible and we have it. And you know, we don't see the savior for what he really is. You know, it's you know, we live in a world where the cross is jewelry and that's just fine. I don't mean to say that to put in, you know, but it's so clean. You know what I mean? And yet there's this sacrifice and we'll look at it <laughs> we'll look at it next week. But Jesus became a bloody sacrifice for our sin, for my sin. We needed a savior. I don't think we understand how desperate we are without God. We're so desperate, and yet unto you is born this day a savior, Christ the Lord. Um, We absolutely needed a savior. There was nothing else. We could do. I think the other problem we have is there's a lot of things that we put in place of the sacrifice. Um, We aren't saved by coming to a Sunday study. Well, I'm glad you're here. It's neat. It's fun. We encourage one another. I love it. Getting into God's word is amazing. But you're not saved by this. You're not saved by Christian culture. Right? That's, That's a rough one. We're not saved by the Christianese that we use. God bless you, brother. I'm so blessed, (laughs) right? That doesn't save us. It doesn't save us what kind of music we listen to or what kind of T-shirt we wear. Uh, Whether we go to church or read the Bible or any of that stuff, we're not saved by that. We're only saved by that sacrifice of the Savior. We need to take some time this Christmas and realize that he is absolutely the Savior that we Needed, and we were desperately lost. But notice, back in Luke chapter 2, just as difficult, I think, for us. Verse 11. He's Christ. He's the Savior. And he's the Lord. Now, the word Lord there could mean king, A ruler or master. Now, we all want a savior kind of in the end, right? I mean, if sin is going to send us to hell and separate us from God, I'm okay with a savior, right? (laughs) Jesus, take my place, uh, be my sacrifice. But Lord, I don't know. (laughs) Lord, a master in my life? I don't really want that. Does anybody really want somebody to tell them what goes. Does anybody really want to live under a king or a master or any of those things? And yet he came to be our king, our master. Um, That is entirely up to us if we receive him as that, I think. Um, We want him as our savior, but to have him as our Lord and our master, that takes trusting him, and obeying. That's what God wants. He wants us to trust our lives totally to him and and obey him completely. So is he really our Lord? That's for each of us to figure out because God tells us things that he doesn't want in our life, maybe habits, sin, sin, definitely. Um, You know, little things that we just love. You know what I mean? I love my bitterness sometimes. I really don't want to give it up. You know, I I love my way, right? I want to make my own decisions, what's good for me. And, And we so stubbornly hold on to these things. And yet God is saying, am I your Lord? If God told you to give something up that was dear to your heart, would you do it? It's hard. It's not just an easy question. If if God wanted you to turn from a sin that you enjoyed so much, (laughs) would you do it? Would you at least open your hands? It's difficult. Um, But yet, he came to be our king. And he is such a good king. We don't believe that, I don't think, that God's going to somehow bring us somewhere where we just are miserable. God knows what's best for us, what's best for his kingdom. Uh, trust him. Obey. Uh, that That's where the rubber meets the road, isn't it? To actually do it, to turn from the things that we want so badly and just turn towards him. But we see here in Luke chapter two, verse 11, this wonderful message to the shepherds. Unto there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior. We needed a savior who is Christ, the one that was waited for. He's the Lord, the rightful king. But he's also there, notice Born to you. And, and that is really the message of Christmas. God so loved the world for sure. He loved all the world. but He loved you. and you, and you and you. He loved me. and he was born because I needed a savior, and I needed a king, I needed a messiah. And the message of Christmas. Of course you know we work so hard to keep meaning in Christmas don't we it's you know it's not about the the Christmas shows the Christmas music it's not about the presents and all that kind of stuff it's about Jesus for sure but but here's a little spoiler for next week uh, Christmas isn't worth much without Easter without the cross we'll look at Christmas future. I guess, uh, next week. Um, Without the cross, what Jesus did for us, it's just a nice story that God would become flesh and dwell among us. That's pretty amazing, but it's just not, we'd still be in our sin if it wasn't for Jesus going to the cross. So without Easter, without the cross, Christmas is only worth so much. But yet God loved us all so much That when we were stubbornly in our sin, every single one of us, stubbornly in our sin, we were slaves to sin, we were dead in sin. We needed a Savior. Unto us was born a Savior who is Christ the Lord.